Today's episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by Stage Door Manor. For information on their summer theater programs, check them out at stagedoormanor.com. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. I just wanted to let you guys know that it's almost time for my favorite annual Broadway event. It's called Broadway Acts for Women. At the event, audience members get to pick songs for amazing A-list Broadway stars to sing live on stage, backed up by a live band and incredible backup singers. This year's performers include Jen Colella, Brian Darcy James, Rebecca Luker, Molly Ringwald, Ariana DeBose, and more. The event is put on by the organization A is For. The proceeds benefit women's reproductive rights and the grassroots organizations that fight for them. It's hosted by my pal Martha Plimpton and Saturday Night Live's Cicely Strong. This year's Broadway Acts for Women is happening Sunday, May 7th at 54 Below. The doors open at 5 and the show starts at 6.15. Steve and I will be there and I hope you will be too. You can find information and tickets at aisfor.org or 54below.com. Okay. Now to the show. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. You guys, I am fully in love with today's guest, Ariana DeBose. I was obsessed to find out that she made her Broadway debut in 2012 as part of the original cast of one of my favorite musicals, Bring It On. She went on to originate the role of Mary Wilson in the original Broadway production of Motown the Musical, and also in 2013, she joined the Broadway revival of Pippin. Ariana was involved with a little musical called Hamilton from its very earliest readings, and was eventually cast in the ensemble for the Off-Broadway and Broadway productions, where she's probably best remembered as hashtag the bullet. And now, originating a lead role on Broadway for the first time, she's co-starring as Jane in A Bronx Tale. She is divine, and I loved talking with her. Here's our conversation. Hi, Ariana DeBose! Hi, Padron! I have been wanting to interview you for like over a year now. Oh, I'm so honored to be here. Oh, please, I'm so honored to have you. You made my day. You tweeted me, and I was like, yes, please. Oh, I didn't think you were going to do it. Like, sometimes it's just like hard to reach people. And I was like, I really hope she says yes. Of course I say yes. I love your podcast. Do you really? Have you ever listened to it? Of course I've listened to it. Really? I loved uh, that recent episode with Michael Xavier. Is that his last name? Xavier, yes. I'm like, paranoid i'm saying his name no wrong. i did say his no. name wrong and his publicist was like it's xavier. xavier i was like i'm sorry i think he's just a gem and and the way that you, so you guys had that great conversation I was we about i it. was so nervous because i got the times wrong and i like <laughs> we were just saying i'm like chronically early and i was 10 minutes late for him and i like didn't stop shaking for like the entire hour oh no I know. he was really cool about it he was like, so, he's like can you settle down please he sounded really cool about <laughs> yeah. it at least <laughs> um we have something really important we need to talk about okay broadway acts for women yeah Yes. I so am important. obsessed. I've been going since the first one. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you're going to come? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're um, going to be there. I, so I... So- for people who don't know, we always have Martha on every year to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So Broadway Acts for Women is the annual event. It's um, put on this year. It is Sunday, May 7th at 6.15 at 54 Below. It's um, It benefits A is 4, which is like yes. a women's reproductive rights organization that mm-hmm. does amazing work. Yes. And the way that it works is the audience gets to pick a song for you to sing. <laughs> and then, oh no, the, somebody, people bid. People it's like bid an auction. Yeah. yeah. And then they get, and then the, the highest bidder gets to pick your song and they get a, like a big prize yep i'm terrified it's so, so fun have you been you before no in fact it's, it's been so interesting martha has been trying to 
get me to do it for years and every time something's come up like the last time I was doing Hamilton off Broadway and couldn't uh-huh. get the night off because we do we did two show Sundays two show Sundays that was a terrible idea on that show <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie it was a terrible idea but you know so I've, I've always had really good things going on mm-hmm. but I'm so thrilled to be able to do it this year and it's the funnest event oh and Martha and I go like ba- way back well to me, to it's way back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was the first thing that I did in New York. I was just reading about that. So mm-hmm. it was the Lincoln Center production in 2011, I believe, yeah. right? And it was, how how long did you, it was like just like a weekend or something, mm-hmm. right? There were like four performances. Yeah. And it was like everybody that I loved. <laughs> it was like you and Martha and Katie Finneran and Neil Patrick Harris yeah. and Stephen Colbert. And wait, don't tell me who am I forgetting? Oh, Anika Noni Rose. Anika Noni Rose. Uh, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks, yeah. Uh, you know, Patty Lapone, <laughs> starring on Warpaint. Yeah, exactly. Producer <laughs> Mike just got right very now. nervous. Oh, um, how was that experience? It was the nuttiest. Yeah. Well, also, I got that job from an open call, um, in which I showed up wearing a leotard tights and a ballet skirt. Wow. At nineteen years old, <laughs> I had no business showing up to this audition. Anyways, I I wanted to go so I could meet the choreographer Josh Rhodes because he was doing a production of Hairspray in my hometown. Oh my god! And that's the only reason I was going. And then I kept getting kept in my really horrible outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the end of the day, I was in a room with like Lauren Lataro. <gasps> you know, I love her. Like genius dancer, yeah. now turned choreographer, brilliant woman. But she was like an idol of mine because I was like, she can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was standing right beside her and I thought I was going to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up getting the job and it was amazing. And all of those stars were so lovely and yeah. like Stephen Colbert was doing his show and rehearsing and I remember Katie Finneran had just had a baby yep. and it was just so cool to watch her work and like, she's incredible like, just her 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 process I've yeah. learned so much and how is Martha to work with is she just oh, like a total cut up <laughs> she is a cut up but she's also like one of the most humble and I swear I feel like she walked in every day thinking she was gonna get fired she's listening to this episode right now I'm sure <laughs> Martha I love I you love so you. much I'm obsessed she's, with you but she like literally is the epitome of you know an artist artist yeah well she's she like grew up here support. you know her mom was in the original mm-hmm. cast of hair Classic. like isn't that insane yeah they're royalty as they far as royalty. i'm concerned yeah, and, totally. and her dad keith, keith carradine and he's gonna it. be at the event i'm so excited i know i'm gonna be like mr president i love you on <laughs> madam secretary <laughs> we should say the people other people who are gonna be there so it's you and brian darcy james mm-hmm. and molly ringwald jen colella <gasps> that girl yeah i oh, know i'm so happy for her I'm interviewing her tomorrow <laughs> I know, my so love. I shall. <laughs> um, so amazing. I'm just going to say it one more time. May 7th at 6, uh, 6.15. Doors are at 5. I'll be there drunk. I'm usually drunk by like 5.15. <laughs> Fantastic. At the AS4 events. Live. Um, so come and see us. Yeah, and it's so important. The work they do is amazing and yeah. ending the stigma against uh, abortion abortion care yes yeah just like women's reproductive health in general and and they raise a ton of money and they give it to other amazing organizations Mm -hmm. and we just we need to do everything we can to raise money for this cause especially right now come through people when um i say hi to you will you pretend to remember me i'm going to remember you (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to um can we please talk about a bronx style sure there's nothing gonna keep us apart where everyone sticks with their own just trust in the beauty of heart In a world like this They're all so afraid of what's new Why or should wrong. we care if they're ready or not? So let's shake their hands
Okay, tell me everything. <laughs> How did you get the job? Um, it was the weekend of Hamiltonies. <gasps> oh, that was kind um, of a rough weekend in America. It was a it was a rough weekend in America, and um, I that was the had, weekend of the pulse shooting. In case people don't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It was it was it was rough. So t- emotions were really really high, and I remember I had I had auditioned for something else, and then got a phone call asking if I was interested in in a Bronx tale and I was like well yes but I've auditioned for this twice and haven't been the right thing that wasn't what they were looking for um but I was like yeah sure I will show up for my audition and I showed up um it was the day of my Tony's rehearsal it was like the day of the Tony's well the the Friday the Friday before so we had like and Hamilton's Tony rehearsal was like a four-hour block um that afternoon and I was like well I can go to this audition I'm so happy to go just has to be in the morning yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so I showed up at 10 a.m and and quickly realized that um there were no other girls there (laughs) so it was just a you it was like a a me audition and it was the first time i experienced anything like that uh totally terrified a little bit um but it was me and and i uh mary sugarman from tara rubin and steve edland who's jerry's associate and then uh jerry showed up a little bit later jerry zach's co-director with robert de niro with Robert De Niro. Um, and, and then we did some work on the material they had sent me and we talked about the character and they put me on tape because a large majority of the team was out of town because they're all very busy men and yeah. Bob was shooting some film, you know. <laughs> Bob. Do you call him Bob? Bob, I do call him oh, Bob. Oh, God, that's such a dream. Which is weird because I'm like, yeah, my friend Bob is like, you know, doing this thing and oh, Bob, Bob De Niro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always say that Victoria <laughs> Clark is to the Broadway community what Robert De Niro is to the movie. So like if you get Yes. Call her Vicky, then, then you know in. you've made it. You're in, and like, you know, and there, there's in many ways. I feel like I'm so not in it, but I'm, I'm in it with him, and that makes me happy. That is amazing. Um, Wait, so just great. for clarity, you had been seen for it twice already. Yeah, in, in its earlier incarnations, it was at mm-hmm. Paper Mill like for the workshop. They were done a workshop, and uh, and then it did go to Paper Mill. Yeah. Yes. And both times they were like, oh, we love her so much. Will she dance in the ensemble? And I was already attached to Hamilton. And I was like, thank you so much. But yeah. no. no. So it was it was doing its regional production at the mm-hmm. same time Hamilton was coming to Broadway. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, you know, it was sort of just like kismet that it yeah. came back around. And I had had, you know, lots of time to work on myself and focus on on becoming a stronger actor and, and taking voice lessons because I, I had the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Your voice is so away. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Were you known like more as a dancer before this? Yes. I mean, I came in to the Broadway community doing Bring It On. and Oh, my that God. Was... <laughs> I love that show so much. Do you see my eyes just like roll into the back of my head? Yeah. It's like it was that, you know, oldie but goodie that people like they forget about. But when yeah. you say it, it's like, oh, my God, it was such a good show. I run to that soundtrack every day. I know. Um, just a little bit of news. We're doing it for season two of Broadway Backstory. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Live. I know. <laughs> That's going to be for Rose. I got to go to Amanda Green's house. Speaking yeah. of Broadway royalty. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. And just the nicest person. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah. Uh, so then they, did they just offer it to you? Well, I mean, obviously there was a little bit of a waiting period, but um, essentially they called back and were like, "Great, so she's going to get the offer. Oh awesome!" My goodness. And that, and I knew by the time the Tonys happened um, that it was on its way. So did you leave Hamilton to do this, or did you just leave Hamilton because it was time to go? I actually left because it was time to go, um, and it I had turned in my notice prior to the Tonys. I, I knew that 
I, w- I was going to stay and finish out the journey, but that for, for me and my body, cause yeah. I, I went through two medical leaves while I was doing the oh, show wow. and I knew that I couldn't sustain another six months. Yeah, so you might yeah. as well finish the journey, get the show to where it needs to be. And yeah. then, and then call it a day. And I got to be a part of so many wonderful experiences with it. Yeah. So I left very full. Um, and, and then you get to go and like, <laughs> you get to go, like originate your first role yeah. on Broadway. Yeah, I, crazy. I feel like I had read. I was looking for an. I was looking for something to back this up earlier today, and I couldn't find like a specific article. Sure. But I feel like I had read back at the time that you were ready to like transition into doing more like leaving the ensemble and doing more like featured roles sure totally there i've talked about that a couple of times but um you know i had prior to hamilton i uh was a replacement in pippin and i went into what we call the blue tights track and then that (laughs) that track covers leading player and then there was a a small in-between period between the two leading players so i covered it for that period of time and and i loved the challenge of doing that. So that experience experience led me to the realization that I no longer wanted to be sort of like a part-time lead, which is sort of how I look at understudying only to an extreme because you just have to be ready whenever they call you. I mean, I think it is, I say this all the time in this podcast, I I have the most respect for understudies and swings and I don't know how you have a brain to do that. I don't know how you do it. Well, and I, I think like I definitely have the brain to be, and understudy, I have no desire to be a swing because I've s- watching what these people do. Yeah. You have to be a superhero, and that's what they are. They're and all the superheroes. For who don't know, like an understudy is in the ensemble, mm-hmm. and you go up to a, a bigger role if one of the one of those people is out. Yes. And a swing is not in the show unless somebody calls out, and you go in to like take yes. over for that for that mm-hmm. performance, right? Like, yes, that's correct. And and like our swings at a Bronx Tale are super swings. Yeah, they're wonderful. And I know, you know, we've had we've had some some. Uh, injuries that were sort of unexpected and they jumped right in or you know our two understudies for for Colosio have jumped right in whenever Bobby needed a moment and it's just it's amazing to watch them rise to the occasion and and they all bring such nuance and yeah. that's what's I think really impressive about understudies and swings is m- Nine times out of ten, they're bringing texture yeah. to, to something. Like yeah. they're not just doing a regurgitation of what that other person has done. They're bringing their own thing, and yep. and you're you're watching a true artist like morph into more than one character. It's really cool. So incredible. Yeah. How has the, your journey been? Like creating this role and this like beloved new show directed by Jerry Zaks and Robert <laughs> De Niro. Like how. Did you go into like day one of rehearsal? Like, pr- like, like, did you feel ready to take on this challenge? I did. I did. I wasn't quite sure where we were going to land, but I knew I was like, I have some ideas. I feel ready for this. I'm, I'm ready to speak up and like collaborate. Yeah. You know? Did you get to do that? I did. Um, you know, and I was really nervous, but I, I remember the day I walked up to Jerry and I said, Hey, you know, if if you have 30 minutes at some point on, on the schedule, I'd love to just like grab your ear for a second. I just have a few thoughts on how we maybe we could make Jane a little more dynamic here and there. Like, you know. What was his reaction to that? And he was like, sure. I'd like to hear your thoughts. And I sort of was expecting him to be like, well, we're really busy and I'm not really sure if we have the time <laughs> for that. But if we can, sure, we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he was immediately like, yes, let's do and it. And what were your thoughts? You know, I just thought... Texturally, the initial script, she she was a girl of few words. And I, given, you know, the climate of the world, was like, 
wouldn't it be cool if Colojo actually heard her say something of substance that really made him like her mm-hmm. like not just because she's she's pretty it's not just chemical i mean of course attraction yeah. is attraction but what if she said something that was like oh I never thought about that before. You know, I know that moment in the show that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually informs the way you, the audience thinks about him. Right. Because it's not, right. it's not, you understand that he, it's what separates him from his friends. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's more than, he's an intellectual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's what I took to Jerry. And he was like, that's a great idea. Are there, are there any other spots where we could, we could dig a little deeper and, you know, I, we found some real estate later on. Like we did some work on, on the scene just before in a world like this. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. G- yeah. Given, you know, the election and whatnot, I was like, this is, this could, we could say, we could say a lot of things here. The question is, what do we want to say here? Mm-hmm. You know, cause at the end of the day, it's like, dude, look what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. This, this grown man, this yeah. grown white man just yelled at me. Like, yeah. are you ready for for that type of thing mm-hmm. like really because <laughs> that's that's my every day yeah <laughs> that's the, that's the subtext behind that yeah. you know and, and at the time you know I, I i was living that reality of well i identify as lgbtq and you know the the this this election is causing a lot of strife and yeah. i had just heard like a block away from where i work uh, Poor little gay boy got beat up by some Republicans. And I was like, that is crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. And, and I couldn't help but see the the parallels there. I was like, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm playing a young black girl in the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Like I sort of felt like I had a responsibility to try and move this forward. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't put it in the text. Like there's still all these layers that we can use. And I will say both Bob and Jerry and Chaz really met me halfway with that. You know, it's not her story. Right, yeah. But if we, if you can use her to make him even more generous and really get his integrity to shine through. Yeah. Give him another layer. I was like, it's not really about me. It's about him. And you found, like, Chaz Palminteri and Robert De Niro and Jerry Zaks to be collaborative with you on that. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, not for nothing, this is Chaz's baby. Yeah, like, he's, I mean, he's done this. It for started years. as like a one man show that he did off Broadway, right? And then, it, right. then of course, there was the movie. Mm-hmm. Or was it a book for, I don't even no, know. No, it was, it was Chaz's one man show. And then uh, Bob saw that and then wanted to turn it into a film. And that's when they did the film. And he's, uh, then I believe they. I can't remember if they brought it to Broadway next or if that was the first thing. But he's gone on to continue to do the one-man show and, oh. and you know, elaborate uh, and, and change here and there depending on the venue and the audience. But, you know, Chaz still does his show. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. He hasn't done it on the East Coast in quite a while, but it's God, impressive. That's, that's amazing. God, you should see him do it sometime. Yeah, I would love to. He, it's really fascinating. All the character voices and how he keeps it moving. He's also like, for a guy his age, like yeah. getting on a treadmill, doing all yeah. this so he can prepare. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> and now a few words from our sponsors. Do you wake up humming Hamilton and singing Sondheim? Do you dream of a place where there are Shakespeare flash mobs? Happy birthday is sung in harmony and surprise Broadway guests fill your world. 
At Stage Door Manor, kids from every state and six continents spend their summer totally immersed in the magic of theater. I'm sure almost all of you know that Stage Door Manor is the inspiration for Todd Graff's movie Camp and Mickey Rapkin's book Theater Geek. But did you know that you've seen plenty of their alums on stage, screen, and behind the scenes? Natalie Portman, Mandy Moore, Zach Braff, Robert Downey Jr., Sean Levy, and Janine Tesori all spent their summers in the Catskill Mountains of New York. Stage Door Manor produces an unbelievable 42 full-scale shows in eight on-campus theaters, and there are more than 100 classes at beginning and advanced levels, everything from playwriting to stage combat. If it's theater-related, they do it. Stage Door premieres include original stage versions of Rent, Avenue Q, Andrew Lippa's Wild Party, Woman in White, and High School Musical. Stage Door welcomes kids ages 10 to 18, and there are no auditions for admission. They accept all levels of experience and talent and find roles for students in shows where everyone can have his or her moment in the spotlight. Worth Magazine named Stage Door among the top 10 summer programs in the world, and it's been called the Hollywood High of Summer Camps by Playbill. No wonder sessions fill up quickly. Spots are almost gone for the summer, so hurry and go online to stagedoormanor.com for more info. Can I ask you as one LGBTQ to another, mm-hmm. when did you... I I just remember hearing that you had come out and being like, <laughs> this is amazing. And that was when I was like, I, was like, I need to get her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. how, how did that happen? And is that something that was important to you? Well, it was really interesting. And, you know, I'm this is my truth. And I, you know, I say all this knowing that not everybody, you know, will agree with my path or my reasoning at that time. But for the longest time, I didn't feel like I had anything to come out about. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just living my life. I, I very much love who I love and and I don't I don't see a gender yeah yeah I see your spirit and your brain and you know that attraction it's not about anything else but that for me so I didn't necessarily feel the need to to make a sign or or, you know (laughs) pick up the phone and 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 tell everyone hey guys I like (laughs) girls too um and 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 honestly, my mom, when I when I really first had a conversation with her about, yeah, I'm dating this woman very seriously, and it, I wasn't expecting it, but I like really dig her. She's yeah. great. <laughs> uh, and she was like, so you know, I don't think your grandparents really know this. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> it was actually a shock to me that I needed to do this. Uh huh. Um, How long ago was this? Fairly honestly, maybe three years ago. Wow. Like I just. I guess I was living in a in a sort of denial that 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 was something I needed to do. My mom and I are very close, and at a very young age, I I remember it like it was yesterday. I looked at her. We were driving in the car on five forty in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I said, "You know, as we were in dance class, and I was watching so and so dance, and then I was watching so and so dance, and I was like, I like them both. I think I could like really. I think I could love a girl." And what did she say? And she was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> That's so cool. You know, it was just yeah. sort of, that's how we handled it. Mm-hmm. And there was no pressure on it. So therefore, I didn't think there was going to be any further totally. pressure on it. Plus, like, you live in New York City. You work in the theater community. Sure. Yeah. Like, I do what I want here. Nobody really questions me. Yeah. Granted, I'm from North Carolina. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I do acknowledge now, looking back on it, God, that was just a stupid move. And I should have just, like... <laughs> Grabbed the bull by the horns and started talking about it. But everybody has their process. And I've, I have since, you know, 
found a, a way to talk about it in a way that honors who I am yeah. and and my journey and honors my partner and 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 I'm I'm happy to advocate. I advocate for any and all folks who stand in their truth. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily like labels. Sometimes I wonder if they are actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Identity is identity and it's good to know what that is, but I do question if sometimes we back ourselves to in, to into a corner with how many labels we have. Mm-hmm. I am a great many things, but I'm also a human. Mm-hmm. So that was part of my journey in realizing how far I wanted to go with this coming out thing. Yeah. Um but I'm I'm really happy with where I am now and I'm proud We're of who so I am. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here and you know, that's part of why I love your podcast. Like oh, you, thank we can you. talk about this in a very frank way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but that's it's a wonder, like, thank God I landed in the theater community. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. It's such a safe space. And, you know, through my work with Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS, like, it's really helped me feel comfortable. Because there was a, a, a moment a couple of years ago, like right after an article about um, me and my girlfriend and well, my fiance now. Had, uh, thank you so much. Um, had come out. And all of a sudden I was getting all these auditions to play lesbians. Oh, and I yeah. was like, well, wait a second. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm now I'm confused. Uh-huh. You know, it was it sort of felt like a mixed message in the moment. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think that you know being a lesbian is any one thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm still a human, <laughs> and I'm still an actor. Totally. So let me act. Yeah, if, if I can. And so a lot of those auditions I turned down, but some of them I took because I was like, oh, but I know that person. I can play mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. regardless of their gender, like or their gender or their sexual how they orientation sexual orientation, how they identify. I know who that person is at their core, um, and that's what I look for. You know. Yeah. Can we talk about hashtag the bullet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like the longer I do this podcast, the more I'm able to put things together. So like, for example, Andy Blankenbuehler choreographed Hamilton and Andy Blankenbuehler directed Bring It On. Yes, he did. So how did you, did that play a part? And like Lynn, of course, is one of the writers of Bring It On. So did mm-hmm. that play a part in your being cast in Hamilton? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, they they gave me my start. Yeah. They, they were the crew. Did you have to audition? No. Isn't that amazing? It was the first time it ever really happened. I had done some, you know, some of those like readings in a small, tiny little room that you don't really hear about mm-hmm. before anything becomes official. I did a few of those for um, for Alex Ackermore and Lynn um, early on. And I'd made it very clear to them. I was like, I don't care if I'm not playing any of the parts I'm reading. I just want to be Who were you reading? Will you tell us? I read Angelica wow. for a minute. And um, and the Peggy Mariah thing. Yeah. Or what, whatever it was at that time. Um, I read that uh, for a bit, too. It was cool. I remember it was like, I was sitting next to Nikki James. She was playing Eliza for a minute. Oh, like, my goodness. It was, it was a cool moment in my, you know, in my journey. Yeah. I started to say career, but I was like, it's so small. Let me just keep calling it a journey right now. Um, you have an amazing career. It's, I love my body of work. Yeah. I could not be more thrilled with the way things are going. Um, 
How it's did, exciting. When you ended up in the track that you were in in Hamilton, how did the bullet thing evolve? You know, the concept was 100% blank and deal. Will you tell the people what, what exactly it was or is? So the bullet, there's this epic moment towards the end of the show, and it, um, it has to do with how we dramatize the great duel, the historical duel. Um, and I trace this bullet. And essentially what we're doing within the context of the show is giving him more time to say everything he wants to say yeah. before he makes whatever decision he wants to make. Burr or Hamilton? Hamilton. You would think I would know this by heart no, at this point. Totally fine. There's yeah. a lot to see in the show. It's so true. it's really okay. And we just listened like the Skyler <laughs> Sisters on repeat in my house. See what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you see the bullet twice. The first time, obviously, he misses. <laughs> we miss him because he gets to continue living his life. <laughs> and then the next time, it's a little different. Um, but for me, that sort of developed into a whole track. I sort of, in my actor brain, uh, came to equate the track with death. She's like an embodiment of death because you see her throughout the show. And once you see me once as the bullet, that idea doesn't necessarily go away. Um, and I thought it was a really fascinating choice um, on Andy's part because I am a brown biracial woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of ironic that I'm the girl that traces the bullet that ultimately kills Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> he dies, you guys. He, he dies. dies. He I mean, dies. Sorry, he dies. Yeah. A lot of Hamilton questions. Was it so fun? Cool. Did you enjoy it? I mean, yes. The journey was crazy. Yeah. It was like a whirlwind. And, you know, I say this all the time. It'll take at least a decade before I or any of the original company members really get enough height to understand what it was that yeah. we did. Because um, I do think when you are a part of a hit like that, so many things just happen to you. Yes. And it's yeah. not until after the fact that you begin to truly understand them. Yes. But uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world, and I learned so much about the type of uh, artist I want to be. Um, I don't think anybody uses dance the way that Andy Blankenbuehler does oh, to guy. tell a story. Yeah, his his mind and his creativity, and his his ability to collaborate with every person in the room is truly astonishing there's something about that i have literally interviewed every human being involved with hamilton and you know tommy and i go way back to the drama oh, bookshop like love 2003. Me some tommy oh Gale. my god so i've gotten to spend time with tommy with lynn with alex with i have actually andy and i have a date but we i've never actually met andy and i'm gonna meet him after bandstand opens and we're gonna Amazing. do one of these yeah um because we're doing um bring it on for Broadway Backstory Season 2. Mm-hmm. And we're also doing Hamilton for Broadway Backstory Season 2. Um, and David Corns And the way those guys all collaborated with that set and mm-hmm. with all, with every, every piece of that show is... I think it's one of the stories that has come out of what what made Hamilton so successful mm-hmm. that I think that people could study that creative team. Yeah, you know, it, it they... <laughs> Gosh, it's hard to find words to really describe what I think they were able to accomplish. But it's like Tommy's always says, he was like, I'm here as your director to identify the best idea in the room. And Mm -hmm. it's not always going to come from me. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And I think that has a lot to do with the product that we have. 
that you know Americans get to enjoy now. I know it's. Um, we have to end by talking about Bring It On. Listen up, this is how it's gonna be. We'll qualify in finals and shine on TV, and we are gonna need a new routine. We need some new dudes on a new team. We need the very best boys we can find. It's gonna be hard and it's gonna take time. But if we stay on our grind. was never really initially supposed to come to Broadway. Is that right? I don't know the answer to that. So I wasn't you sure. only joined for Broadway. No, no, no. I did all of the incarnation. Okay. So you were like when it, with it when it was like on yeah, tour. Yeah, I did the workshop. I did the tour. Wow. I did the regional production. That was my first real job. I remember I booked three jobs at once and it decided to do Bring It On. because I the other loved, two? I had booked a replacement track in the second national tour of Wicked. Mm-hmm. And then I had booked... Deanna Morales and a first Cassie cover in the non-ec tour of A Chorus Line. Yeah. Um, and I had already done a couple versions of A Chorus Line. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I really want to work with Bayork. But I don't think Bayork going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just listeners, they are literally throwing chairs down the They're throwing hallway. chairs. I don't like, know what's happening. They've got, they've got a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Wicked obviously wasn't going anywhere either. So I was like, you know what? I'm young. I'm poor now. It's okay. Yeah. I'll be poor for a while and develop something. Uh, and it was is... a character. I had. I. I got to play somebody who had a name. Yeah, and that was cool. And uh, I, when did you find out that you were going to be making your Broadway debut in the show? Oh, we were in Canada. They didn't tell us until we were at the end of the tour. We were in Toronto, and I was standing beside. Oh, God. You know, I don't remember who I was standing beside, but I remember Adrian Warren ran up to me and <laughs> threw her arms around my neck and we were just sobbing, sobbing, I love sobbing. her. She's a gem. That girl is so talented. I love that show. I went to see it being like, what is this? Like, what is this going to be? Yeah. And within like the first 10 seconds, I was like, well, I am along for the ride. Like, Literally. This, it, it was the fun. I used to tell, I was a hotel concierge at the time and people uh-huh. used to always ask me what they should see. I was like, go see Bring It On. It is like the funnest. You guys had like 15, 20 people making their Broadway debut in that show. Oh, it's like 23 we yeah. held the record we yeah. held the oh, record really? for, for Broadway shows yeah it was nuts I couldn't believe it um but it was crazy you that opening number was just like fireworks oh, people so fireworks yeah <laughs> totally how was it to get to work to collaborate with Tom Kitt and Amanda Green and, and Lynn was it a big collaborative situation or was it pretty set by the time you guys all got involved no it was very collaborative and at the time I didn't know the meaning of the word <laughs> <laughs> um, I understood all right you're on 14 great I need you to get to 14 on the other side uh-huh. and you can do whatever you want <laughs> okay that sounds great got it <laughs> So there was a lot of like me wiping my body on the floor (laughs) for that show. But, you know, musically it was really cool because I, by the time I had auditioned, and this was still at the very beginning of the process, like Lynn had wrote a rap for my character and that's what I auditioned with. And I'll never forget, he walked in in the middle of my audition and he was like, don't mind me, you sound great. (laughs) And I was like, cool, thanks. Oh my God, that's like my mother. (laughs) So it was just like, a dream come true already. Yeah. I also was sorely underprepared for that audition. And it was it was in the summer. I was sweating. I was not getting that job in my mind, uh-huh. which is probably how I got the job. Because yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was also 19. Like, <laughs> maybe I was 18. I don't even remember. But it was so long ago. And I've since learned, oh, you should probably be prepared because you never know who's going to be behind the table. <laughs> uh, but that was that. And it was really cool. Tom Kitt yeah. and Amanda Green and Jeff Whitty. Oh, right, of they course. They all, like, 
they all wrote around us, which was cool, especially for someone like me because I was so new and I honestly didn't know what I could do. So it was a lot of like, sing this note. Nope, a little bit higher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and they held my hand and guided me and it was really a wonderful process. And Andy at the helm was wonderful. He really uh, nurtured me specifically, he nurtured my talent because from the start to finish, I was a completely different person as far as uh, my art was concerned. Do you remember the first time you walked out onto the Broadway stage? <laughs> yeah, I cried. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what theater were you guys at? The St. James. James. Right? Yeah, I love that theater. Yeah, it's gorge. It's gorge. So much history there. Too. Yes. And did you, apparently there's a blue lady ghost. Do you know yes, about her? there is a blue lady Did you ghost. see the blue lady? I did. She you was, did? She was hanging out in my dressing room once. No way. Yeah. That happens to me a lot though. You get the ghosts. I do. I get the ghosts. The other morning, my daughter woke me up at 5 a.m. and I went into her bedroom and she goes, daddy, there's a man in here and he's trying to talk to me. Oh, but was, they say that's real. Like, I scooped her the hell out of her bed and <laughs> ran into our bedroom. I was like, I've never been so scared in my entire oh, life. No, most of the time they say, oh, this is such a tangent. But um, <laughs> when you're a child, you, you yes. until you lose your innocence, right. you, you do have the ab- ability to see. You, you remember the, the other side still. And you remember the other side. And then once you lose your innocence, you, it's harder to see. Um. I'm just a weirdo, and they <laughs> flock. I'm not sitting here being like, I see dead people. She's wearing crystals, you guys. <laughs> hey, I do wear my amethyst. It's not a game. It's not a game, y'all. But, you know, it's a it's a fascinating experience if if it happens to you. It's yeah. really interesting. Um, I'm obsessed with you. Will you come back and talk to us again? Anytime. I love Anytime. you. I love you. Can we be you. friends? A real life friends. Yes, yeah. We I'm live in the it. same neighborhood. We have to have coffee. Actually, yes, please. Totally. I would say the name of the place, but then everybody will know where we live. And then they'll call them stalkers and that's <laughs> yeah. a thing. Well, they'll fuck you. <laughs> no. No, you're famous, Patrick. You're <laughs> no, famous. No, you are. No, it's you are. You're Let's the famous famous one. together. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. Thank you and for having me. And I'll see me. you at the Broadway Extra Women. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I guess I'm Theater People is a product of Theater Podcast Productions and is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Special thanks to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. Special thanks to our sponsors, Stage Door Manor. You can check them out at stagedoormanor.com. And to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Ty Williams, and Cynthia Wallach. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Yeah,